Welcome to the Afro Talent Accelerator podcast brought to you by Theofane Dima. Embark on an inspirational journey as we delve into the lives of Africa's foremost visionaries. Together, we'll explore the strategies, tactics, and mindsets that fuel businesses across the African continent. From funding techniques to investment insights, we're here to empower your entrepreneurial aspirations in Africa and beyond. We are delighted today to have Cecilia Afutu, who is the CEO and co-founder of Consume, which is a grocery delivery service that is transforming the grocery industry in Africa. Cecilia, welcome to the Afro Talent Accelerator. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Pleasure is ours as well. You, Cecilia, and your team at Consume, you have set a bold mission to provide a seamless and efficient grocery shopping experience by processing, fulfilling, and delivering all orders within a very short time. We're going to unpack a little bit more about that in the course of our discussion. Before we actually dive into the subject matter please Cecilia kind of tell us uh, more about yourself uh, tell us about your venture consume and how you actually came about with this idea yes that, thank you thank you for the question so I was born in Ghana I grew up here went to junior high till I was 14 and then my family moved to Berlin Germany went to high school in Berlin and then after I went to university in the UK at the University of Kent. After university, I moved back to Germany to go do my master's in Frankfurt Order. While doing my master's, I'd already started thinking of what I could do back home. Because for me, I'd always, I'd been that child that never wanted to really live in Germany. I'd been to Germany a few times before we did the final move. And I just didn't like it. It was too cold. The children were unfriendly. I remember this so well. And I was only, what, 9, 10? I remember the children being so unfriendly and everything was just dark compared to what I was used to here with like neighbors playing outside, you know, kids running around, all of that. So I'd never wanted to be there, but it's just circumstances because my dad's job moved him there. Mm -hmm. So we went to Germany. I, I finished my master's and I was like, no, I'm packing. I'm going back to Ghana. To the disappointment of my parents, I came in 2016 to work with a consultancy firm here. I was a pro project, project associate. So I did that mm -hmm. for a little over a year and a half. But then sometimes when you're not prepared for that move, you realize real quick that, you know what, you probably need to go back and reevaluate what you want out of that big transition. So this is me thinking, I'm done with masters. I'm just moving to Ghana. But there were so many challenges along the way. I was not prepared mentally. I was not prepared financially. I did not know what I was doing. I had no plan. So I just packed my bags, came. I worked. The money was good. But it was just, I was all over the place because I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing, what the vision mm -hmm. or goal was. So after a year now with the company, I moved back to Germany. And then I worked for some years. So I worked for some years with different companies in Germany. And But I moved to Hamburg this time and not to Berlin. And at the time, mm -hmm. too, I'd, I'd gotten married. So we decided we're going to live in Hamburg. So I worked Congratulations. In, thank you. So I worked in Hamburg for a bit. And then we decided to then move back to Berlin because mm -hmm. we had a baby and family was in Berlin. So it was easier for family to support. You know how lonely it gets. So yeah, yeah, sure. we moved to Berlin just about a year and a half later, lockdown happened. Yes. So we were all stuck at home. I was working with a company called Ecosia at the time. It's a climate mm -hmm. company. And we were ordering things online a lot. So there was this new like companies called Dos Flink, Dos Gorillas. And we used to place our order online because because of the baby, we didn't want to go out and we're just stuck at home. Mm -hmm. Every time they brought the groceries, how neatly packaged it was, you know, and how fast and convenient it was for us. My husband and I started getting into this conversation of, you know what, this idea would be fantastic for a place like Ghana or even Africa. 
at large. Yeah, why not? Why mm-hmm. not? Because there's so much like traffic congestion, there's urbanization, a lot of people have moved into the cities. And also, but most importantly, the middle class population of Africa is growing. We have a lot of people who actually have high purchasing power. They're very busy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're tech savvy, but this kind of, especially in Ghana at the time, this kind of service was not a thing. Even if it was, the people doing this kind of service were doing 24 hours delivery. So you Mm -hmm. have to place your order and then you have 24 hours before they deliver. But we were thinking of the on-demand side of things. So if you place your order within a few minutes, depending on where you're located, we bring Mm -hmm. the items to you. And also... We were also playing around with the idea of moving back because we didn't really, as usual, like as I said previously, we didn't really like enjoy being in Germany. You know, even mm-hmm. though my parents live there, my sister lives there, it's never felt like home. This is why I feel mm-hmm. at home when I'm in Ghana. So we just, you know, we saved up money for a while, took our savings, took a loan, and then we just packed our bags and then we moved to Ghana in October of 2021. And then mm-hmm. so we, came, we had enough capital because we're going to get a loan, we had our savings, so we we set up first the facility center. We got our, we employed our riders. We got the assets. Uh, you're you're already getting into the to the courts subject yeah. <laughs> matter about uh, how you actually grew the business, uh, but we are coming to that, yeah. right? So you're collaborating with local farmers and entrepreneurs to offer these products, these fresh products. So you support the local businesses as well and communities. That's what I found really very interesting about your venture. First of all, how has been the acceptance of consume in the local community? So when we came, you're always going to hear no's from people. The minute we talked to family and friends, a lot of them were like, oh, it's not going to work in Ghana because we like to go to the supermarket to see the items. We like to go to the market to actually... We like like tangible things to touch. (laughs) We like touching the things we're going to buy, but then you're just going to bring it to us. People won't like that idea. But then in life, if you keep listening to the people around you, but then like instinctively you have a vision, you have a plan, just go for it. So we just ignored all the naysayers and we came. And surprisingly, it's taken on really well. We were the first on-demand grocery delivery to come to um, Ghana. And people have really, people love the idea. So we'll get people ordering from us and they even send us like messages about how like convenient it is for them. Now they don't even go out to shop anymore. You know, we save them time. They get to spend time with their family, with their friends. So that sometimes has been really good. It's been so positive and we are hopeful that it's going to grow and get even bigger than it currently is. I mean, you have a co-founder, uh, but you are actually the, the lead of the company as CEO. As a woman, how has been uh, your experience so far? I can understand that the realities in Germany or in the Western world, they are kind of different. Mm-hmm. How has it been then in Ghana to settle and to establish consumer as a woman? Exactly. So my co-founder happens to be my business partner and my life partner. So he's the CTO of the company. Mm -hmm. And as a woman, Ghana, comparatively to other African countries, women, there are lots of women leaders. So most of the CEOs Mm -hmm. and the big companies are are women. So I think Ghanaians are used to seeing women in leadership positions. So it was never an issue of, oh, she's a female you know she's a CEO no I've never experienced anything of that sort where someone has said to me oh you're a woman so we don't think you can handle this or you can do this no never 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 the case what I'll say though is sometimes when it comes to negotiating things that's when they're like "Mm, this is is a woman convince her you know to to take something less than they actually deserve and that's why I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah so when it comes to mostly negotiating things, I just I, I'm just like you sit here, go do your job. You're the man, so talk <laughs> language with them, and let's see what kind of deal they'll 
caregivers. Yeah, but aside, mm-hmm. aside that, when it comes to me going to places to represent, mm-hmm. to meet people, to network, they're very accepting, very, very helpful. You know, mm-hmm. people, we've had so yep. many opportunities come our way. So many people have helped us along the way. And it's just, yeah, it's, been, it's just been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I really think it's worth really mentioning because many people have this false um, apprehension of how business goes on you know, in Africa, you know. And the reason why I actually asked this question is I've had a friend here uh, in Germany a couple of months ago we're discussing about business and his own point of view about business in Africa and he brought up such points like you know women and that kind of stuff in culture I said hey that's not how it is you have had all these experiences but how has been now in your own experience um, your collaboration with local authorities how have they been able to you know contribute to yeah. you know the, the growth of consume so far yeah. well that's the biggest challenge <laughs> local authorities <laughs> get it <laughs> so um, when we came in terms of registering the business um, setting up the business getting our taxation and order and all of that I as I said I let the men do that so I let my my, my partner handle that because in Ghana when it comes to local authorities they are the ones okay so they are the ones who have the primitive mindset you know mm-hmm. sometimes when you go to a certain office and you want to actually oh okay i have a business i want to do this they, they're just like oh you know she thinks she knows it all mm-hmm. but in terms of the Ghanaian community and the people we serve and the suppliers and people we deal with they those are very welcoming but the local authorities so maybe if you go to like the ghana revenue authority for instance and yeah you, have, mm-hmm. you want to sort something out then it becomes a bit more challenging but when you go to maybe the business registration, you know, place, that um, <laughs> they are also a bit funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of support, no, we haven't gotten any support from like local authorities or um, the government or anything of that sort. No, it's all been us, you know, putting our own savings and money. That's been friends and family supporting when like mm-hmm. the push comes to shove, and then they are like, okay, you know, we're going to loan you or lend you this money you to do the business um i guess with africa it's a bit it's a bit of a challenge because ghana for instance mm-hmm. they want people to come in and invest but then they're looking at people who have huge sums of money so if you come mm-hmm. in and you have like five hundred thousand dollars one million ten million they really give you the attention you know they sit in yeah. meetings with you because they know they're going to get a chunk of that money and when you're coming mm-hmm. in as a small entrepreneur you know, trying to start something. That's where it's challenging because nobody wants to listen to you. You go to the offices, you're like, oh, I can't, I have a plan. I want to do this. They're like, oh, congratulations. We're proud of you. <laughs> go, go, go do it. Go on, go on. <laughs> you know, Good luck, sir. You, know, like, registered, you have your, your finances in order. You have your taxation in order. You know, good luck. We'll, we'll, speak, when, we'll speak when you go to that level. <laughs> Yeah, it's been interesting. It's been it's very it's very interesting to see the difference. Yeah, I mean it's really sad because that's for me one of the the, the, the missions which I sent myself in, you know, this visibility for these local and small businesses. Yeah. And you, you actually bring me to my next point and I just wanted to know, but you have answered most of uh, this question already, like uh, external capital. Have you had at the point in time the need to acquire external capital? If you want to work directly with the AfroTalent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. Apply now on our website at afrotalentaccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at afrotalentaccelerator.com. Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. Capital or you say, okay, no, for now, everything's working on well. You don't need external investors. Mm. So we've actually reached out to a few investors, mm. but it's also the same issue. I think most investors look at Africa and they think of the fintechs. You know, they think yes. of the likes of Paystack, think of the likes of Flutterway. 
you know, chip mm-hmm. and cash, all of that. So when it comes mm-hmm. to businesses, so we have investors tell us that our company, would, it takes too long to generate profit because the profit margin is so small. It's groceries. Mm-hmm. Realistically, the profit margin is literally like 5 to 10%. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not exciting enough because you have to do so much. You have to sell so much before you make like a very reasonable profit for me to even get my share. So for them, mm-hmm. it hasn't been exciting yet but we're, we're here to prove them wrong. So at this point, we're like, you know what? We're not going to even focus on investors and their money. If we do need money, we always have like friends. We have family. There's banks. We're going to just mm-hmm. figure a way out of it. We're not going to stop and, and, and just like say we're, we're giving up because investors don't see the vision that we see. And the Congress yes. for Africa, I think I, I always say investors always think of the large companies and the big ideas but Mm -hmm. these are things that groceries are things that people consume on a daily basis everyone buys groceries they buy food stuff they buy toiletries they buy bread and ghana when it comes to online buying or online technology guineans are really far ahead so in a year we have about 100 million dollars from just online shopping guineans shop they shop on whatsapp they shop on on, on websites they shop on apps they're very tech savvy and when you Mm -hmm. compare this to other african countries it's the same case across in Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are sitting in their offices ordering food online you know they're ordering their clothes online Mm -hmm. even though the markets does not sound sexy at this point the so the vision is so big because it's now taking off online mm-hmm. the online space and technology using technology to shop is now even though it's been in Europe for so many years or in the West in, in Africa it's something new it's exciting mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now is going to be one of the first people who's actually going to you know take take off and then you know profit will come eventually so mm-hmm. at this point I'm like you know what we're just going to focus and do what we have to do you know do what you have to do I mean uh, all these investors listening to us out there make haste while the sun shines <laughs> and that's always the, the case for most people they always like wait until you have reached a certain level and at that point maybe you guys don't need this investment anymore. Exactly. Right? Uh, but you started talking at the beginning about uh, how you started building your team, your first hires. Um, I just wanted to get a little bit more uh, flesh mm-hmm. into how you went about all these steps, mm-hmm. right? So you went from the idea when you decided with your partner, and business partner as well, mm-hmm. uh, to leave Germany and settle into Ghana with the idea. You started over. So what were your concrete steps like for someone out there? Because I want someone out there who is maybe, I don't know, in the US or whatsoever, he wants to go back to Ghana, mm-hmm. you know, instead of his business. What are the first steps? What for you, in your own experience, would you advise such a person? What did you do in your own case? So before we came, about six months to eight months prior, we had already started doing research and we took a few coaching classes as well in Germany. That way it was like free coaching for people who wanted to start businesses or like have startups. So mm-hmm. I did that for a couple of weeks. So they'll show you everything, like really, really regarding. Sorry, where did you do it, Ihaka? Because there's some people listening for us from Germany. That's, maybe they could. Ooh, that's a good one. It was a it was an organization that was all. I can find the details. I can't even remember which one it was because I did no so much. Like I, I reached out to so many of them. So I did mm-hmm. one where they, they show you about, um, you know, how to set up a business, how to actually, you know, do customer service, how to do your finances, your taxes. And while I was doing this, I always asked questions regarding like Ghana. You know, this is not the German setting. The business plan I have in mind is not for Germany. It's for outside. Mm-hmm. So they, they did it in a broad sense where it could apply. The basic and the foundations could apply to anywhere in the world. You know, when it comes to customer mm-hmm. service, it's basic. Like there's a foundation. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes to financing and you want to do your accounting, there's a basic mm -hmm. roadmap that every accountant probably around the world uses. So things like that. So that was what we did. We did the research first. We also did um, extensive research into the market that we're coming into. So we did like feasibility studies. We were asking like friends, family, sending our surveys. What do you think about this idea? And then we're getting mm -hmm. a lot of them saying, oh, we like to go shop. You know, and then someone else is saying, yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. You know, I'll try it out. It's something I'll love to try. And some were saying, mm -hmm. okay, during lockdown, I tried those services here in Ghana and I liked it. Um, so it was a lot of research for the first couple of months. And so I had, we had like a folder on in like a cloud with a lot of information, like what we wanted to do, what we wanted to name the company and why, what the logo should look like, what the branding should look like, what the colors should look mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. We did all of that. And then the research into like where we can get supplies and distributors. Mm -hmm. So we had to, I started reaching out to people months before we came out already on LinkedIn, reached out to some of the companies that I knew were major importers or made some of the small businesses. So the major importers, we already reached out to them because we sell local and foreign items. So mm -hmm. they were already aware of us that we were coming to Ghana. We're going to set up, you know, a business and we need their products so they were in conversation and then i went on youtube and i started watching all these there were these um shows um ghana trade show made in ghana fair all mm -hmm. of them so i started watching those shows just to see which businesses were attending those fairs and what kind of products they have and surprisingly a lot of the business local businesses are from those shows i used to watch on youtube and they're still some of our, our suppliers so i just reached out to them because they sell locally made products and their packaging I saw on the YouTube were fantastic. Mm -hmm. We have locally made like cashew, um, peanuts, yogurts, probiotic yogurts, you know, um, yogurt drinks, um, honey, cheese, ravioli, mm -hmm. spaghetti pasta, mm -hmm. so many other things, you know, spices. So I reached out to all these people and then I had a, like in my Excel sheets, I had like the categories clearly like listed. Okay, so these businesses do this, you know, and these are their contact numbers. These businesses do that. These are their contact numbers. So when we came, it was easy because I already had all the suppliers lined up. I had the distributors lined up. But priority coming, what people can do if they really want to move from outside to a country is there are always local businesses if you're not there, um, you know, physically. There are local businesses that actually help you set up a business. So maybe mm -hmm. they can help you register. You just send them, you know, your details. You send them everything. And then they register the business on your behalf. So in my case, I was lucky because my brother-in-law was the one doing that for us. Okay. So mm -hmm. I always say he did the legwork. He went okay. to the authorities, registered the business. He went and got the taxation sorted. And then when we came, we now found an accountant to handle the, the taxes. Yeah. We don't but before, sorry, sorry to pop in a little bit there. Uh, how long does it take in Ghana to, to open a business? You have to yeah. register, like, to be fully operated. Yeah, it's operated. about a little under a month to get our business registration okay. sorted. Mm -hmm. So from the time mm -hmm. we applied, it took about a few weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And then the, we got the business registration documents and everything sorted. Mm -hmm. So it, was, it went really quickly. So before we came, okay. we already had all those documents. And then, okay. yes, so the finances followed. And then before we came as well, we helped, he helped us, sorry, to get the facility center. So he went around mm -hmm. with the different properties and then he'd send us pictures, he would do video calls. So that was already there as well. When we came, we already had the facility center on lockdown. And then he was very, he was very pivotal in how things worked out in the beginning. He dedicated so much mm -hmm. time to helping us do this. And then when we came, that's when we started reaching out. Once we were set up, or while we were setting up, actually, we started reaching out to people like, oh, you know, we're setting up a business. So we did a few, like, ads. You know, we need employees mm -hmm. for packing. We need motor riders. 
you know, and all of okay. that. Friends of friends of friends and people who know people, they're like, oh, I know this company that they do dispatch, they have a dispatch service. You can partner with them, yeah. you know, or yeah. I know these, um, I know a company that they're laying off some people, you know, two of them I know personally, they are good. You could, you know, employ them. So that was how mm-hmm. it was, and then we got employees that way. And then after we had the facility center, um, business registration was in order, and then we just started the marketing for the business, and then we were, wow. we were set That's great. ready to go. <laughs> how has the growth been actually from this point in 2021 to, to now? Can you share a little that, bit more on that? That's a very good question. So the growth has been tremendous, and we can see this slow increase Every month on month. When we started mm-hmm. the first month, I'll say the first month, we mm-hmm. did a lot of marketing. But I think what Ghanaians like, or I don't know about other African countries, but what Ghanaians typically like is they like recommendations. So if they don't know the brand, they are very skeptical. And when we came as well, we came at a time where there was a lot of online fraud. So people will set up Instagram accounts saying they're selling clothes and then mm-hmm. you pay them before delivery and the clothes don't show or they're selling cake and then you pay for the cake the birthday cake and the birthday cake never comes so people are like well how can we trust that you know you're going to deliver our items so we had to put in mm-hmm. initially before we came we said we we're going to do payments before delivery so you have to pay before we deliver your items because we also don't want a situation where our riders get there the person is not there you know, or the person has left and then now he has to come back. It's full consumption for us. Mm-hmm. But after a month of trialing that we realized we have to, you have to tweak your business model to the, the, the country you're in. Ghanaians don't do cash before delivery. A lot of them do cash on delivery. Yes. So we had to quickly, so the first month when we're doing, you know, cash before delivery, oh, it was terrible. Like barely, like people barely ordered because they'll get to the checkout and before they, they place the order, they're like, oh, I want to do cash up on delivery, but you do only payments before. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm not. Then they're just like, no, I'm not interested. Because they also don't, they didn't know the brand. They didn't know the people behind it. And they didn't even know if the quality of the items that, that they were seeing online was going to be the same as the ones you're bringing. So the first yes. month was just like the worst month ever. I think at that point, we were asking ourselves whether it was a good decision to really set up the business or not. <laughs> the point of doubt. Exactly. We had invested so much and we're like, there's no turning back now. We're going to do it. It's either we do it or not. Never. We've taken the risk already. We might as well. So the second month got better. And then the first six months, so the first six months was a steady like increase in wow. revenue. We saw the slow increase. But then again, you have it was always the customers. So you had the first set of customers who tried us. Some of them are still with us now. They've done like 64 wow. orders with us, 70 wow. orders, because they then talk to other friends and family. And then they are like, okay, I'll give them a try. And then they'll come and then they'll stick around. And then so it's because of the word of mouth and being in business for two years. The first mm-hmm. six months was, I'll say, was the hardest to convince people of the brand, to convince people to even try the service. You know, so our customer acquisition in the first six months was, wow, it was it was very high <laughs> compared to now. Yeah. yeah, because we had to pay, we, do, we had to do a lot of, so we did a lot of billboards in town. We did a lot of, I went on a lot of TV and, and shows, radio shows. Mm-hmm. And then we did a lot of um, social media marketing as well, Facebook, Instagram. And it was costing us a lot because I think when we started, yeah. it was like $10 per customer. We were wow. Yeah. That's, much. That's a lot because like people were seeing the brand, they were seeing the ads, they were seeing the billboards, but they hadn't heard of someone who had used the service. So it was like, oh, okay. Yes. You know, and sometimes people would actually call, even though it's an online service, just, you know, mm-hmm. place the order. People would call to be sure. <laughs> yes, call and then they'll ask questions because they wanted to know that there's actually a team there and it's a real yeah. business. 
and it's I mean, they want to check if it's legit. If it's legit. <laughs> and also, are you sure you, and for us, the most questions we go in the beginning was, are you sure you can deliver same day? And we're like, no, we don't do same day. We do like max one hour. Are you sure? Like they, they ask you like, are you really sure? This is a crap. And we're like, yeah. we're like, for us, customer service is the foundation of our business. If for any reason our rider delays, we will communicate it with you. Yes. Because this is Africa. There are cases where police have stopped our riders to check what they have in their bags. Or they stopped yeah. the riders to ask them for their documents and stuff. And it, it delays the order. Because then even when they see that you have everything intact, they still want to delay you a bit. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> you, have to, yeah. you have to tip them before you If you don't tip you. If you want to work directly with the AfroTalent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. Apply now on our website at AfroTalentAccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at AfroTalentAccelerator.com. Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. In cases like this, we always communicate. We always communicate whatever the situation is. I mean, I, I really love the fact that you are really centered on customer satisfaction. And this is how I would say, if not all the big tech or the whatsoever companies who have been able to scale this billion dollars out there, they have always centered their products and every service which they put on the market on their customer satisfaction. I just want to have a little bit more insight on your advertisement strategy. Mm -hmm. For someone out here maybe thinking of opening a business in Africa or coming back into Ghana, what would you advise him? What is for you with your experience these two years? Best advertisement uh, platform or the route? Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe in the local market like in Ghana, the best advertisement which would, you will say maybe would work for you or which worked for you was uh, maybe billboards all over the town. If you're a new business, no one has heard of you, you're not starting, don't invest in billboards. That's my first advice. <laughs> and people who drive past billboards so many times, but they're not even interested because they don't know the brand. They've never had someone mm -hmm. close to them use that product or that service. So for mm -hmm. us, the first lesson was billboards was a waste of our money. You know? mm -hmm. What really mm -hmm. worked for us was we went on the first, um, after I think the month of September, we went on a TV show only because okay. I knew someone who knew someone who knew someone and they wanted Yeah, someone. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Africa relationship. <laughs> but because they wanted someone to come and talk about online grocery business using like mm -hmm. online to shop. And then the person mm -hmm. thought, ooh, there's this young woman who has moved back with her husband. We, we could have them on, on the show to talk about online services. So that was the first time people actually saw us on TV talking. And that's when they could do the, make the connection. Oh, the billboards we're seeing, these are the faces behind that service. That really helped us. And then after that, we did, I did a lot of YouTube videos. So I just reached out to a lot of YouTubers who, at the time as well, had moved back from the diaspora to Ghana and they were exploring entrepreneurship. They were doing like exploring the day-to-day -day of Ghanaians. I reached out to them. Mm -hmm. Those videos helped as well because some of the customers we got from those videos, some of them live outside of Ghana, but they order things for their family and friends here. So those yeah. ones were really good. And most importantly, the social media advertisements because they, with social media, people see it every day. They see like mm -hmm. your ad like five times, six times. They're like, okay. And then customers actually comment on the, under the post so they're like oh okay customers are commenting let's try it and see and then they try the service so for us advertising in, in africa the, the most important ones that have worked for us have been social media um youtube um, um 
videos and then yes. um, like TV shows if you can get in. But TV, mm-hmm. radio, they tend to also like demand a huge sum. If you have the money, fine, because the typical or the average Ghanaian, when they're driving, they'll just listen to the radio. So if you have money and you want to do some radio ads or jingles, that's fine. But if you don't, I'd say just social media marketing and reach out because all the YouTube videos we did they were free promotion for us. We never paid a dime. And these people, mm-hmm. this is YouTube, they need content. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they consistent. So they need content. We need our, mm-hmm. our service to be out there. So you just reach out to as many YouTubers as, as you can and they really will get back to you. Yes. I mean, that's great. It's really a nice piece of advice because at times people kind of mix everything up. And I like the way that you actually went about everything. You started by trying to, first of all, learn more about how you can build a business, Mm -hmm. attending coaching sessions, uh, learning, I mean, doing all this research work. So now in the position in which you are today, I mean, you've had a lot of experience. I just want you to give us a little bit from your point of view, what is general advice, not generally, not necessarily from a business point of view, which you would give to an African out there? Life goes by so quickly. If you have an idea, you have a vision and you can... You feel okay. Let me try this. Never, never push it or procrastinate because time is just flying, and your 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 vision or that that dream is in your head, and no one gets to see it or experience it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that can happen? You feel, you know, some people start a businesses, they fail four, five times, seven times, but they kept trying. So mm-hmm. it, it's not about failing. Fa- failing is one of the ways that we're going to learn. And for I always say this, I'm like, if I never started this, I would have never known what the journey would be like. So be ready to take risks. So many challenges will come. It's not smooth sailing. For us, it's always been like this. But it's just that resilience and the consistency. You need to be consistent. You need to be resilient. And just, you know, go for it. Don't don't second guess yourself. Just go for it. So, but now, uh, give us a little bit, a a concrete example, Mm -hmm. a time when uh, something didn't really work out the way you were expecting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can can give a very recent example. This is is Africa. We rented a space. I I mean, I'll give two scenarios. The first one, it always comes down to the property. We rented Mm -hmm. the first facility center and they were charging us in dollars when we came mm-hmm. the city the dollar to city rate was quite okay so we're like okay i mean it's not that you know it's not that big of a deal the, the place is nice we have the whole building to ourselves you know we can use the mm-hmm. top floor for the office and the facilities and the ground floor for the freezers the cold room then a year later due to inflation economic crisis the dollar rates at the time at the time when we came it was one dollar to six cities in 2021 a year later mm-hmm. it was one dollar to 12 cities so that rent mm-hmm. we were paying for had doubled in a year wow. and this yeah. is a country where you pay in advance so you have to pay the rent for your business for the whole year or you have to pay your rent mm-hmm. for your accommodation for the whole year and mm-hmm. we then, so we went back to the property owners and we're like listen when we came and we paid the first year rent it was one dollar to six ghana cities and now it's one dollar to twelve Ghana cities. That's double that's, that's of the rent. Mm-hmm. So is there no way you can meet us halfway? Instead of doing one dollar to twelve, can we not come to one dollar to maybe like eight or nine? Mm-hmm. We we're not having it. Like no, you know. So we had to after a year of doing business in that place, we had to move the wow. to a new location. And it was unplanned. We we just we didn't even imagine that after a year we're going to move the facility center to a different location. I get it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to the different location after a year. The property manager says, oh, I'm going to do renovation in my space. And we're like, are you kidding us? And then she's like, yes, so you need to find a place. You need to move. Like, so now just recently, literally a week ago, had to move as we said, like, again, twice in two years, just because there are systems in place. And this is Africa, but the systems don't really work. 
as much mm-hmm. as they should. So then mm-hmm. you have all these challenges. You actually reach out to authorities. Like, is it even allowed for someone to go? To, yes. And then they mm-hmm. just drag their feet. So if you're going to wait for them to give you a concrete answer, it's just going to take so long. So you're like, you know what? Let me just, let's just find another place and move so we can have peace of mind and then just, you know, forget about that. Yes. That's, those are some of the realistic challenges you can face. It's really worth mentioning such uh, mm-hmm. experiences because someone who is really want, willing to embark in such a journey, he has to take into consideration yes. these realities <laughs> and be prepared in forefront. I mean, sometimes wow. you're prepared, but you're not even prepared for these scenarios. You're prepared like, oh, okay, yeah. if this happens, I have an accountant who's already doing handling accounts. <laughs> if that happens, right. I have this person who's handling that. And then mm-hmm. something like this, like you have to deal with it. Because you are the owners of the of the of the space, mm-hmm. it's like oh, not again, really. I, because I think people are seeing gentrification. Like if I, we modernize yes. this, we do this, we do that, we can charge more. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, but we move. We're we're happy. We found a place. So mm-hmm. we're, we're glad it, it's, it'll come together. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that this time around you will not have to move again after no, a year. I don't think <laughs> I do fine. have the the the, the, the heart to move again after mm-hmm. a year because then it's just going to be. I'm going to be like, uh, what are we doing? Like. That's too many moves and you're like... No, it would not, not happen. It would not happen. So, uh, Cecilia, Consum is giving people the precious gift of extra time. You mentioned it. You were able to break the delivery process from 24 hours in average in the country to less than an hour. Yeah. And people were even skeptical about it at the beginning. So this extra time to pursue passions and enjoy things they love, this... You are being able, you and your business and life partner, to able to 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 give to the Ghanaian community. In your own opinion, I mean, in your own case, like in your private life, what are some routines which you, in your time, in this time which you have available, yeah. uh, what do you have which make me keep you this productive? So on a daily basis, if I want to be productive, then I'll just avoid driving to work because the the traffic to get to work before I even get to work, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> So if I really want to do deep work, I just stay at home because I can work mm-hmm. from home. So I work from home, do deep work for about three hours before I now set off to go to town, to go to the factory mm-hmm. center to see what's happening there. Um, apart from that, my partner and I, we, we go jogging. So we go jogging okay. um, every morning. We try to go jogging. Even if it's not jogging, sometimes I'm too lazy. I'm like, let's just, you know, let's, let's just, you know, have a walk. walk <laughs> you know, and have a conversation. Because those are the times mm-hmm. that we also realize that sometimes just taking a stroll around the neighborhood, we come up with ideas. Oh, we want to do this mm-hmm. for Christmas. Maybe let's change it and do it this way. Let's do that. Let's offer this 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 month. Let's do this. Let's do that. So it helps us just to get fresh air early in the morning. And also just, I love listening to podcasts. For me, like, so that's why when you reach out, I was like, absolutely. Like when I'm cooking, I love listening to podcasts. I listen to so many different um, entrepreneurship podcasts. You know, I even watch YouTube videos on people who are, have done things and then they want to talk about, uh, you know, a diary of a CEO and all of that. Oh, I love that guy. Exactly. So I love watching things like that. Yes. Like things like CNBC Money. On YouTube. I mean, it's like we have the same, we have the same, we have the same <laughs> I just sit and watch because I always, I take inspiration from other people. And that's what really in Ghana we say gingers me because I see like, oh, the person did this and they had to do this like 20 times and it worked for them. Oh, okay. Well, I've done this three times. I'm not doing bad at all. You know, so mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. this kind of podcast videos, even talking to friends who are professionals, it helps me be more productive. Mm-hmm. just meet up over brunch, coffee, bounce off ideas of each other. So those are some of the things I do to really stay productive and stay motivated. I mean, that's great. So you, we, we basically have kind of similar yeah. uh, orientation. 
yeah. what we listen, how we get inspired. So uh, is there maybe a resource or a book which you think you want to share with our audience today? Something a little bit more tangible, you know, some yeah. people are not that podcast oriented. True, true. I mean, one of the books we read in the beginning was Deep Work. It's from Carl Newport. That book was really good because it really shows you how to focus, how to, you know, spend your time, how to block times to be more productive. For me as well, a book I, I've, I've read twice that I really love, it's nothing to do with work. It's more like get rich and rich dad poor dad i really love that book mm -hmm. i love i love books that you know they, they create analogies and they can relate to it um so one of the africans i actually like admire her name is lucy quist she's Ghanaian, and she used to be the ceo of airtel tigo it's a telco one of the biggest um, telecommunications in ghana and she had a conference recently it was called the bold new normal conference and she had all these mm -hmm. inspiring Ghanaian leaders ceos male female who have done incredibly well over the years and for me mm -hmm. i think people if you want to get into you know entrepreneurship sometimes it's nice to get go to such conferences and summits because it really helps you to appreciate you know what other people have done and it gives you motivation mm. and inspires you to also pursue your, your your own journey. And I bought her book, The Bold New Normal book. It was really inspiring. Mm -hmm. She's done so much in her life. She's been a managing partner at one of the big five, you know, auditing firms. She's been a CEO. Mm -hmm. And then she talks about, like she even mentioned on the day, how she balances, you know, work, family, you know. And it's, it's mm -hmm. just things like that really motivate me. So if anyone is interested, you can, I think her book is even on Amazon. You can get the bold new normal yeah. by Lisa mm -hmm. Quest. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to link uh, the book in the show notes. Yeah so that the audience can actually get the value out of it. And I'm also going to link a couple of other links. And before doing that, I just wanted to know, uh, where can people go to know and to learn more about you and your work? Yes. So I'm on LinkedIn, um, Cecilia Prince mm -hmm. or Cecilia Futu. I'm not on Instagram personally. So the Consume, you can follow Consume and our journey on Instagram at Consume Shop, K-O-N-Z-O-O-M. And then on Twitter as mm -hmm. well and Facebook. And yes, mm -hmm. those are the the... the channels that we currently use but linkedin i'm very active on linkedin so that's where people can find me reach out dms i'm always i'm always reading my dms yeah. okay thank you very much cecilia uh, for the time for these valuable insights we're going to link everything in the show notes as i said before and if anybody wants to connect with you i personally encourage each and every person to do so and don't forget to mention that you got cecilia's <laughs> contacts from the afro-talent accelerator podcast so we've had it for today we've had a tip i would say of the iceberg from cecilia's journey to entrepreneurship thank, thank you very you much so again much for your have a lovely day thank you for tuning in to the afro-talent accelerator podcast don't miss out on our upcoming episodes where we continue to bring you inspiring stories and actionable insights from the forefront of African entrepreneurship. Subscribe now to our show to stay updated on the latest and be sure to reach out to the AfriTalent Accelerator team to share your thoughts, suggestions and collaboration ideas.